Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. Welcome back, Roster Watch Nation. It's your friendly neighborhood trash man, and this is the fantasy fallout going to week 10 of the NFL season. Let's go ahead and get started. Thursday night's game, 49ers at Cardinals. 49ers won this one 28-25, the only undefeated team in the NFL. Who would have thought it? I guess the rest of the 49ers receivers are trash because all it took to develop a passing game in San Francisco was adding Emmanuel Sanders He's still unowned in 10% of leagues, so go get him. Debo Samuel did have seven targets for what it's worth, but only four receptions for 40 yards. Kenyon Drake reminded us how explosive he can be on Thursday. He needs to be added where possible this week. He's available in 30% of leagues. Just remember that this is likely to become a three-headed beast sooner than later when David Johnson and Chase Evans return. Johnson is actually likely back this week. Andy Isabella popped the top on an 88-yarder on Thursday, but it was his lone target and reception of the game. He's best left for fantasy. Dynasty leagues. On to the next game. Buccaneers at Seahawks. Buccaneers lost this one 34-40 in Seattle. There was yet another shift in the Tampa Bay backfield on Sunday with Ronald Jones taking the lead back. 20 touches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Jones seems to be edging Barber these days actually by a lot on Sunday, so it's safe to say he's the 1A there. He's only owned in 40% of leagues and gets the Cardinals this week. Brashad Perriman had his best game of the season Sunday, four receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. He seems to be over his hamstring injury and is playing as a third option in a prolific passing game. Owned in less than 1% of leagues, he's a low-floor streaming option this week against the Cardinals. On the other side of the ball, DK Metcalf had his first 100-plus yard game in the season Sunday, presumably one week before Josh Gordon joins the team. Metcalf was 6 for 123 yards and a touchdown. Gordon should be a viable part of the offense and needs to be added to rosters as the target should be there. Metcalf may have seen his best game of the season on Sunday. Tight end Jacob Hollister scored twice on Sunday, four receptions, 37 yards, and playing 59 snaps to Luke Wilson's 17. His pecking order in the red zone may change when Gordon joins the squad, but Hollister is worth streaming for desperate owners, though he's going to be almost entirely touchdown dependent. On to the next game. Texans at Jaguars. Texans won this one 26-3 in London. Time to sell high on Carlos Hyde. 19 touches, 160 yards. After the bye this week, he faces Baltimore, Indy, New England, Denver, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee again. The fact that he isn't involved in the passing game only makes his odds of producing in fantasy worse. Duke Johnson could actually see a boost as he's heavily involved in Houston's passing game. Darren Fells 
continues his run as the Texans red zone lightning rod. One reception for a touchdown. If he's not getting yards, chances are he's going to get some end zone looks. He needs to be owned right now. Keelan Cole, on the other side of the ball, led the Jags in receiving with D.D. Westbrook's sideline, but D.J. Shark led in targets with nine, with Chris Conley second with seven. Cole had five receptions for 80 yards. I think Conley retains more value than Cole when Westbrook returns. Byron, is there anything worse than whenever you're trying to shave your, your balls and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face? Oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut, nick cut snag. It, you know none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you, like who uses the same trimmer? on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their, their, like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole. Like how are you going to use the same trimmer on your face that you put there? It's like, look, 85% of women think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should manscape below the belt and 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like, that comes from the business wire. So, look, here's what we've found from the Manscaped products. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original Lawnmower. And you might ask how much better. Well, so, all right, so now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. That's up from 4,000 strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from 15 minutes on one charge all the way up to 60 minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with the lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you got to do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They, they give you this, uh, they give you some, like, newspaper-looking stuff to stand on so it's easy to clean up afterwards and then you just kind of get this this ball deodorant this ball toner just kind of get it rubbed around on there you're gonna be feeling silky and smooth before you know it and you're not gonna ever remember what it was like before you started using manscaped alex i couldn't believe it ever since i got my sample kit from manscaped my girlfriend from dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me for a sweaty greek man like me she absolutely loves the ball deodorant and then the ball toner so smooth and shiny and so tight she's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies and also man the, the you know me alex I got Greeks. We got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower up top too. All right. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code rosterwatch at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering rosterwatch listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. On to the next game Colts at Steelers. Colts losses 124-26. Jacoby Brissett went down with a spray and left MCL on Sunday, leaving Brian Hoyer to fend for the ND defense. He didn't do a bad job, 168 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. But I'm wary of upstart reserve quarterbacks who often have a good game and flounder whenever teams get some tape on them. 
Hoyer's been around for a minute, so maybe he stays the course, but I have my reservations. Brissett hasn't been designated out for Week 10 yet, and the Colts get Miami this week. Zach Pascal did his best T.Y. Hilton impression. It's a pretty good effect on Sunday. Five receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. If T.Y. Hilton misses more time, Pascal's usually low floor raises, and Pascal becomes a wide receiver three at worst. Jack Doyle is working ahead of Eric Ebron in snaps. He had 54 to Ebron's 24 on Sunday. He seems like the safer play right now, though both are viable against Miami this week. Trey Edmonds led the Steelers in rushing on Sunday with 12 carries for 73 yards. Jalen Samuels made his mark, but it was as a receiver, catching all 13 of his targets for 73 yards. Samuels is definitely the better back to own entering this week's matchup with the Rams, but Edmonds will be worth a deep league flex if Connor misses again, which actually seems likely right now. And then Deontay Johnson, upstart wide receiver for the Steelers, got shut down on Sunday. I'm not sure if Mason Rudolph was just reminded that Juju Smith-Schuster is a team's number one, or if the Colts just held him in check. The latter is more likely, as no Steelers receiver had a monster. Even so, with Jalen Ramsey now a Ram, I'm staying away from Johnson this week. And on to the next game. Bears at Eagles. Bears lost this one 14-22. Mitch Trubisky needs to be benched. The offense moved better under Chase Daniel, and Daniel could actually get the ball downfield. Trubisky got lucky on a few plays in this one, but he was woefully ineffective over the first half of the game. I don't feel safe playing any Bears receivers while he's under center. There's no excuse for Allen Robinson having just one reception on the day. None. He had five targets, but most of them were not catchable. Zach Ertz finally had a day worth owning him. The Eagles found their tight ends the best way to move the ball through the air on Sunday with Ertz and Dallas Goddard leading the team in receiving. Both are startable moving forward with Deshaun Jackson likely to miss even more games, maybe the rest of the season, or at least the fantasy season. Speaking of Jackson, he played one snap before feeling enough discomfort to leave the field. And like I said, there's a good chance he gets shut down this season. If there's somebody you need to add to your roster, I'm not against dropping him or trying to move him. On to the next game, Jets at Dolphins. Jets losses when 18-26. Le'Veon Bell owners need to grab Ty Montgomery this week for precautionary reasons. Actually, Josh Adams just got added to the roster as well. Bell had an MRI Monday after a middling 66-yard game on Sunday. There's a good chance he goes this week, but you can't be too sure. Montgomery will add some insurance. Chris Herndon was acting but didn't play on Sunday, leaving Ryan Griffin to pick up 50 yards on six receptions. Herndon has a great schedule to round off the season, so he needs to be owned if you're tight and needy. He's close. Preston Williams had his best game of the season, only to go down to injury and miss the rest of the year. Five receptions, 72 yards, and two touchdowns. Devontae Parker needs to be owned in all formats moving forward. And we'll see who else picks up the slack. One of those guys might be tiny Mike Kosicki. Six receptions, 95 yards. He led the Dolphins in receiving yards on Sunday. And with Williams out for the season, he should stay involved on a weekly basis. He's worth adding if you need tight end help. And on to the next game. Vikings at Chiefs. Vikings lost this one 23-26. Stefan Diggs suffered from Adam Thielen re-aggravating his injury in this game. One reception, four yards. Ah, that's a weak breaker for some, for many. As the Chiefs were able to pull their secondary focus on him almost exclusively. 
Hopefully Thielen can go this week, but Diggs will be a dicey play against Dallas if not. Laquan Treadwell led the Vikings in receiving with Stephen Diggs shut down and Adam Thielen sideline through reception 58 yards. He won't be an advised play against Dallas even if Thielen is out, though he might be worth a DFS or deep league flex there. And LaShawn McCoy on the other side of the ball is officially in the doghouse. He hasn't been handling the ball well. Damian Williams out-touched him 14-4 and outgained him 128 yards to 9. Damian Williams is unknown in 30% of leagues right now and likely gets Patrick Mahomes under center in Week 10. So go get him if he's available. On to the next game. Titans at Panthers. P- Titans lost him 20-30. Dion Lewis got the most touches he's had all season. Nine on Sunday, mounting to 53 yards. It was likely an attempt to speed the offense up as they were playing behind, from behind, but it didn't work. In fact, he lost a fumble late in the game. I don't see him getting much more action going forward, or at least action like that. A.J. Brown is averaging nine fantasy points over his last three. Then again, so has Cole Beasley, for what it's worth. But Brown is maintaining more consistency than Corey Davis and led the Titans in targets on Sunday. Only owned in 19% of leagues, Brown is worth a flex against the Chiefs this week. And then Kyle Allen very well could be the Panthers quarterback for the rest of the season. Cam Newton is still rehabbing, whatever that means, and is showing no signs of returning to action anytime soon. The Panthers are 5-3, and three, and though Allen doesn't have the upside of Newton, he can get the ball to his playmakers efficiently. And on to the next game. Redskins at Bills. Redskins lost this one 9-24. Dwayne Haskins wasn't abysmal against the Bills. 15 completions, 134 yards, but he was far from good. The only skilled player benefiting from Haskins being under center is Adrian Peterson. 19 touches, 130 yards. He's averaging almost 19 yards per carry over his last four. That could all come crashing down when Darius Geitz gets back. So it might be shrewd to either move AD or pick up guys. Did I say 19 yards per carry over his last four? That was 19 uh, points per game. Chase Keenum is in concussion protocol, but the Redskins have their bye this week, so he should be back in action for Week 11. If not, hands off all Redskins. Devin Singletary had his coming out party against the Redskins this week. 23 touches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Out touching Frank Gore, 23-11. There seems to have been a changing of the guard in Buffalo, making Singletary the lead back for the foreseeable future. He's unknown in almost 30% of leagues still, so you need to go get him. On to the next game, Lions at Raiders. Lions lost his 124-31. to Ty Johnson just can't win. You think he's going to leave the backfield and then a new addition to the team steps in. That addition goes down to injury. I'm talking about Trey Carson and Johnson still gets outplayed by the third down back, J.D. McKissick. I don't like either back against Chicago this week, but McKissick, McKissick has more upside in my opinion. Josh Jacobs injured his shoulder getting run into the ground with 28 carries on Sunday but he should be able to go on Thursday night's game. Don't look now, but Hunter Renfro is starting to live up to the hype these days as, he best, as he's bested 50 yards and scored in his last two games. Even with Tyrell Williams on the field, and he's owned in only 2% of leagues, he's a nice pickup in Dynasty and deeper formats. On to the next game, Green Bay 11, Chargers 26. Didn't see that one coming. Aaron Rodgers had a game to forget, 161 yards and a touchdown. Even with Devontae Adams returning from injury, his line just couldn't hold. 
The only thing we're taking away from this one is that Adams didn't have a setback, and Jamal Williams actually retained his value even with Adams back in the mix. The Chargers operated like the coaching staff had planned since Melvin Gordon returned with Gordon touching the ball 20 more times, more than 20 times, rather. Chargers ended up winning, so don't expect them to change anything this week. Austin Eckler still had double-digit touches, so everyone's happy, right? Keenan Allen hasn't scored in seven weeks. This can't continue. I'm trading for Allen when I can. He faces Oakland this week, and they just got torched by Mar- both Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. You th- I think you can probably get him for cheap. Well, cheap for Keenan Allen, that is. <laughs> On to the next game. Browns and Broncos. Browns lost this one 19-24. Nothing very interesting regarding the Browns' offense here other than the fact that Kareem Hum is returning from his suspension this week. Kareem will be a part of the, well, will be a part of the game plan according to head coach Kitchens, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a significant role as the Browns are playing the Bills and they're notoriously difficult to pass against. Hunt needs to be owned in all formats while we see how this shakes out. Quarterback Brandon Allen hadn't thrown a pass in the NFL at the age of 27, but he looked like an old pro on Sunday, connecting for two touchdowns. Again, I'm always wary of quarterbacks tanking after initial success, but Allen can't be much worse than Joe Flacco's been. He'll have a touch ma- tough matchup against Minnesota this week, though. And Noah Fant blew up on Sunday with no Jeff Hireman around, as I assumed last Monday. Three receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown, leading the Broncos in receiving. You'll notice he only had four targets, though. He's going to need Hireman to stay gone, to stay really relevant, at least if Allen is going to throw only 20 times a game. On to the next game, the Sunday night game. Patriots went down. 20-37 to 37 to the Ravens. The Pats played from behind all game. So Sonny Michelle was neglected for James White and Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu, who were all used as an extension to the run game, the short passing game. The Pats face the Eagles and their formidable front after the bye, so don't be surprised if you get a similar approach in Week 11. Speaking of Sanu, 10 receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. He needs to be owned in all formats as far as I'm concerned. He can put up wide receiver two numbers in this offense. On the other side of the ball, if you're looking at the box score and wondering where all of Baltimore's offense came from, just look at Lamar Jackson's line. He and Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards, to a lesser extent, took the team on their backs and did what no one else has been able to do this season, at least, and that is beat the Patriots. Marquise Brown... Wasn't called upon much in this one with Ravens milking the clock. But he should have a better game against Cincinnati this week. If he does, I'd strongly consider moving him as his schedule for the rest of the season is no cakewalk. He gets the Rams, 49ers, and Bills after the Texans in Week 11. And the Ravens, we find out that, I mean, we realize now that they need to run to win. And so that doesn't necessarily include Brown on a weekly basis. And then there was the Monday night game. Dallas at Giants. I was going to say New York, but, you know, could have been the Jets. We know how that fared for Dallas last time. But they did beat the Giants. The Giants, I mean, there was a black cat that ran across the field. I think maybe it was a harbinger of doom for the Giants. Daniel Jones, three turnovers on Monday night. Not a good look for the kid. He's making way too many mistakes. But... I think they're going to hold hold with him. He gets the Jets this week, which will be an easier matchup for him. It was the usual suspects for Dallas. Gallup, Cooper, Elliott, 
As far as the Giants go, Saquon Barkley got shut down. Finally, the Dallas defense does what it's supposed to. And Golden Tate had a moderately decent game. Sterling Shepard was out. But nobody really on the Giants had a great game. Anyways, that's it for the fallout going into Week 10 of the NFL season. Until next time, Roster Watch Nation, this is the Trash Man on Mahat for RosterWatch.com. Be ready. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.